introductions again i'm kevin sheridan run uh, sheridan bjj b grateful bjj association and um we've got uh federico tc on here calling in from milan um uh basically started jujitsu in italy Su uh, super uh tough jujitsu guy but really an amazing teacher uh he came to my school a number of, uh number of years ago and and was just blown away by the way he he taught and he was had been a real mentor for uh, a good friend of mine in Costa Rica. Um, and then we've got Gabe who runs Sumas BJJ in, uh, in Morristown and a um, good friend of mine and, and talented uh, artist. And really what we're doing right now, Federico, is uh, our whole thing is um, just getting awareness out on what's going on and how people can help. Now the jujitsu community for me has been really strong through this since this started. And I got to say, it started with you. Um, uh, I was able to, uh, I, I just checked in with Federico when, when I saw what was going down in Italy, I had just come back from our rolling in Costa Rica BJJ camp. And I'd been in Costa Rica for about three weeks uh, with my family first. And then with uh, about 30 other people having a great time and, I knew something was going on in the States, but again, when you're not in it and you're kind of not connected, it was, you know, we weren't really, we weren't really up with what was going on. So we got hit with a wall when I got back that Saturday. And then on Monday I called Federico and um, we messaged each other through WhatsApp, WhatsApp. And he said, he left me a message and it said, Hey Kev, man, close your school like things are getting bad. And one of the things you said to me, Federico, which really hit home, which kind of really sobered me up and had me from that day kind of telling people this message, like we need to do whatever we can to slow this thing down, was the fact that you told me that they were having to choose if you were over 50 or 55, I think it was, that they weren't taking you at the hospitals. And if you were under 55, then because you had still longer life to live. And that was like a wartime decision to me. I, I keep, I keep uh, going back to some of the stories I heard in Vietnam. If, you know, if you were shot up too bad, then they weren't helping you. So thank you for that because what it had enabled me to do was I sobered the fact that I needed to close my school. And I also want to give uh, props to Marcelo Garcia, who, was the first school to close in New York City. And he's one of my instructors and for me, one of my leaders. And I saw, you know, your connection and his connection had me say, it's just not a smart thing. It's, it's a selfish thing to be doing jujitsu and spreading this thing. So I want to thank you for that. And um, I think I told you this, but I copied that message and I sent that message to as many people as I thought that may want to listen to that so they could understand what was going on in Italy because the reality was I knew that we were probably on our way there if we didn't do anything. And guess what? We, we're almost there now. We're almost where you were. This is going back around on the ninth, two weeks from now. So, you know, I just hear from you and, and, and let me know, how are you doing? And, 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 and it's just, just good to see you and, and how are you? Well, first of all, I thanks so much for for 
everything you said. I'm really happy that I was in some way helpful to create some kind of awareness of how this situation uh, could potentially uh, evolve, um, just like the way it did evolve and it is evolving here in Italy right now. Uh, so uh, right now we've been uh, locked down for pretty much uh, uh, four weeks, I guess, about four weeks and uh, three weeks right now. And we're going in the fourth week of uh, lockdown. And fortunately, uh, daily life here, apparently, it hasn't been affected that much as uh, in terms of uh, having finding food and stuff like that. And uh, we cannot exit our homes if not for... Um, emergency reasons. So every productive activity that is non-essential has been shut down and uh, so people can leave their homes basically to grab food in the supermarket or to walk the dog in the proximity of their homes or uh, for medical reasons. You know, if you are positive to, if you feel bad and you have some kind of symptoms connected <coughs> to coronavirus, you do not have to go to the hospital. Uh, the, the, an ambulance is going to come at your place. And if you are in a, in a high risk category, you will be tested, you know? So this is what is going on over here. Hopefully we reached a plateau. In Italy, we have been uh, in a, even though the situation is rather complex because um, people forget that Italy uh, cannot be comparable to the U.S. Be obviously, because of the the, uh, the the our country is pretty much as big as Florida, more or less, maybe a little bit more. So uh, we are not in terms of uh, of di dimensions, and and uh, and uh, we we cannot be comparable to the whole United States, but. We are doing about uh, 650 to 700 dead people per day. And um, it's not going up, but it's not going down. So in, in uh, significant ways. So I think we hit some kind of plateau. And uh, hopefully it's going to go down in the next few weeks. But yeah, this is the situation. Fortunately, we don't have um, too much of a hard time to, to get food. Uh, we have to wait in the supermarket queue for about an hour. Yesterday, I waited like an hour and a half in a queue to get in the supermarket. Once you get in, you get fever tested. And, uh, and so you, you access the supermarket only if you do not have fever, obviously. And, um, and, and that's pretty much it. So we're just staying home, trying to, to keep uh, our physical and mental health in, uh, in decent conditions and uh, simply trying to be patient and waiting for this uh, to, to go by, you know, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, you, you, you know, you're ahead of us now. We're about what would you say two weeks in lockdown Gabe? or not even like a week and a half, maybe well, we went. Yeah. About the 13th we went in, we're on like day, uh, 13. And I wouldn't even say that we're on lockdown. I would say that we're, you know, urging people to stay home. And obviously people are, most people aren't going to work. Um, but, you know, listen, my office is a block from my house and no one's in here. Um, so I don't, how are they, how are they monitoring? Like, how are they keeping track? Is people, pe how are they making sure that people are actually following that stuff in Italy or are people just following it? 
No, um, well, you know that Italians are not exactly the most disciplined individuals on earth. You know? yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so it's it's not easy to keep Italian people uh, following uh, the rules. But yeah. we have the uh, we have um, uh, our police forces are monitoring the streets. So if you exit your home, you have to bring with yourself a declaration that you can print from the internet where you declare who you are, where you live, why you are outside of your home, what are the reasons that bring you outside of the home. And uh, if you don't uh, have some uh, uh, serious reasons to be out, uh, you're getting a fine that go that is starting from 300, more or less 300 US dollars up to 3000. And uh, you can, if, if the situation gets worse, you can get, um, you can be arrested, you know. So we have the army, we have everybody in the street. Uh, you know, it, it's hard because the point is not about uh, the, the politicians or the, the community. The point is that we're all facing something that for the first time. So it's very easy to, to say, oh man, they should have done something before then, you know. But the truth is that nobody has ever faced in their lifespan something uh, uh, this uh, of this kind so everybody starts with what they hear on the internet what they hear on the news obviously people try to de-dramatize the whole thing but then eventually i can see that everybody's pretty much doing the same mistakes and uh, having the same uh, instinctive reactions to this thing like people fleeing from big cities because they want to go back home to their families in other states or in other regions and by doing so, they eventually bring the virus uh, to their to their uh, home cities, you know, and so they st it starts spreading there. So it's it's kind of something that gives you a um, a very uh, a lot of insight in human nature, independent of uh, where it is located. You know, when confronted with the same problem, you can actually see how different governments and the different and people that we are used to be to see as being different, you know, cultures and uh, react pretty much in the same ways. So it's uh, it's uh, it's it's rather interesting to see this. Now, are you in touch with the news about what's going on here? Do you see the United States like you're ahead of this, right? So you're maybe looking back where we are. Are you are aware of kind of what's going on in New York and and what's going, you know, what our leaders are telling us? Do you see do you see what, us making yeah. mistakes over here? Or? Like, what do you see? You know, it's hard to say if, uh, because for example, we're in a big lockdown, but we have the same amount of infected people as you guys do over there. And uh, it's not getting any better. So obviously we cannot compare ourselves to China or to other countries or like Russia or other countries because the situation, or like the US, because, you know, every, every situation you're looking at, um, the, the numbers are not that uh, effective in explaining the situations. For example, I know that Washington State and New York State are the most affected and that New Jersey is, is right behind that together with California, more or less, yeah. obviously, because New Jersey has a lot of, uh, of connections with New York State and New York City. So, but the problem is that the amount of infected people mainly depends from the amount of people that are being tested. That's the main problem. So if you have uh, certain amounts of numbers, the accuracy of, of these numbers depends 
on how many people are being tested. And that's a major problem because, it, for example, in Italy, not everybody is being tested. Only people that have symptoms and that actually fall into categories of high-risk patients. So the amount of people infected, to be honest with you, is higher. I have like five students that have went through coronavirus and that are getting better in these days. They just stayed home. They're under 40 years of age and they did not get any tests because it was obvious that they had it, the death rate and the, and the need for hospitalization for their category people was very low, so they didn't get tested, but they got it, you know? And so many people got it before the emergency showed up. I had another student that a month and a half ago disappeared from the academy, and he came back after three weeks, and he was like, man, I had this flu, it was really bad, it hit my lungs so bad, and uh, I, I, I was feeling so bad with my lungs. It took a long time to get over it, but now I'm okay. And, you know, this guy just started training once again, you know. So it was just a flu, and people were getting over it. But now it, it still is a flu, but it's something that potentially hits really hard certain categories of people, you know. People here, elderly people, get a flu shot every year for other kinds of flus, but we don't have it for this one. So, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, of the numbers are not that important. The, 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 the only important numbers is, uh, unfortunately, the amount of people that are hospitalized. And uh, on that basis, the amount of people that are being, uh, um, that got better, and the amount that died. You know, that's, that's unfortunately, in my opinion, the only kind of numbers that we can look out be, uh, for, because there, I mean, if you are hospitalized, you, you will get checked. And if you, and obviously, once you are hospitalized, uh, there will be uh, data saying if you got better or if unfortunately you didn't make it, you know, that's the kind of numbers that can be more reliable rather than the amount of people that are being um, are ill because most of them are not being tested. And if you don't have a um, national healthcare system that is, is very well connected on a digital basis and that has access to all of the population of a country, it's going to be re like South Korea, for example, has that system. And this is why they were able to contain it so well. Well, then that's a big problem because you're, this thing is actually moving around and without a network of healthcare system that can monitor it globally, it's hard to say how many people are actually infected, you know, and it's pretty complex. Wow. Uh, how, how difficult or how easy was it to get a test early on when this was going on in Italy? Well, the problem with the test is the amount of time it takes to, to, to get the result. Over here, it takes approximately two, two days to get the result because you have to, there is a tampon that is being stuck in your mouth or in your nose, and then it's being sent to a lab. And it takes a lot of time, you know. They're trying to find new ways to find new tests that can be quicker and um, we do have testing over here. We tested, uh, I don't know, I, I, tens of thousands of people. But still, you know, it's hard to say if that amount is, uh, 
of, of people is actually reliable or not. For example, my, my girlfriend, um, Elena, Elena, my girlfriend, she, her mother is a nurse. She's in her 50s. And, um, and one of the same, now she's home, she's being quarantined because two days ago, she, uh, all of a sudden she stopped feeling the sense of taste and of smell. This is one of the preliminary symptoms. You know, you stop feeling your, your, your sense of taste. She was cooking and, and she, was, she was, couldn't feel the taste of the food. And so she asked, she was keeping putting salt and salt and salt. And, 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 and then she asked her husband, why am I not feeling this? You know, and, her, and, and the husband, the father of my girlfriend said, oh, there's too much salt in here. So she, all of a sudden she realized that there was something wrong and these are like preliminary symptoms. But she still doesn't feel any taste. She's at home. She has to stay home till April 15 and then they're going to retest her because it's, it's, she still hasn't been tested. Once you get your symptoms, they, it's mandatory to stay at home. You know? So it's, uh, it's kind of weird. And if it gets bad, then you have to call a, a phone number. An ambulance is going to show up at home with all of the, of the people dressed up for anti-contamination. And they're going to take you to the hospital if you need uh, um, the first level of help, which is uh, um, simply oxygen mask. They put you on an oxygen mask, 70% of oxygen, and you start breathing that and you stay there. And if it gets worse, you're going to get into uh, automatic uh, ventilators. So you're going to be put in a, in a pharmaceutical coma. They're going to stick a um, tube down your, your pipe, and you're going to be basically induced in a coma, uh, face down, and you're going to stay there. And it's, this uh, ventilator is going to actually breathe for you, and it's going to make your lungs capable of not having to work anymore and hopefully recover. And, uh, and, you, and time here to get out of this thing is like three weeks, more or less. On the, vent uh, on so the ventilator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. think about it's that. Three weeks on a ventilator, that means that, three, that ventilator is being taken up for almost a month by one person. Yeah. Yeah, that was the big dilemma here. So we started to come up with things. Um, we started to get uh, masks from, uh, from uh, a very popular uh, sports, uh, um, uh, sport, uh, sport, um, uh, shop that sold uh, scuba masks with a screen and with a snorkel on top of the head. And uh, I, I got some guys, some engineers here starting to build with 3D printers, some valves to adapt those those snorkels to the to the tubes of uh, of oxygen and they started to produce these masks for people that were not on ventilators and now we, we came up with another way to make one ventilator work for three patients with another valve system that has been designed here in Italy over the past two weeks so we're doing our best you know and uh, simply trying to hang on and to to help people get more of this. But the north of Italy is the part, the richest part of the country. It's, it's the one where the industry is that economically drives the, the, the country forward. And uh, so our sanitary and healthcare system is really good compared to the central and southern parts of the countries like Sicily or, or Naples or cities like that. 
their healthcare system is not as good as ours, not remotely good as ours. So we're going to have uh, way more infections in the medical staff. And uh, we're talking about, uh, we already had like 40 doctors and nurses that died in Italy because of coronavirus while they were on the job. And, uh, and in the, if, it, if it picks up in the south, like it is picking up in the north, it's going to be really bad. So it's, uh, the, the, the main problem is not the recovery rate, which is rather high, but the fact that if you are uh, over a certain age, if you are overweight, for example, if you are a heavy smoker, or if you have a, a um, if you're elderly or you have a bad immune system or you have pre prior conditions, the mortality rate over here is 46%. So it's, uh, it's very high. And, uh, and you need a lot of uh, uh, emergency ventilators to, to help these people make it through. Because you can make it through. Let me but just let me the just amount clarify. of assistance. Sorry, let me just clarify. You said the mortality rate is forty six percent. Out of what? Like forty six? Let's say out of, out if of, you. If, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, if you if you if you look I if you look for um, the amount of people that have been uh, um, dismissed and the amount of people that had actually died out of those that have been monitored. Uh, in Italy, we have a death rate of 46%. So this is the, um, the, the death rate compared to the rate of this 56%, the 53% are being dismissed and 46% are dying. And basically that is due to the fact that the ones that die, uh, die really quick. Whereas the people that recover need way more time to recover because in average you need about three to four weeks to recover and uh, uh, most of the people that can't make it generally don't make it within a week to 10 days. So obviously the recovery rate now is really low compared to the death rate. And in Italy, we are the oldest world in the country together with Japan. Our average uh, age is the oldest in the world with Japan. So we have a lot of elderly people. We had a lot of, we have a good healthcare system with a lot of sick people inside it. And, uh, and it's, it's really complex because we are seeing a lot of our older generations here in Northern Italy that are basically dying, you know, 300, 400 people dying per day in, uh, in Milan and Bergamo. And we're talking, about fathers and grandfathers and you know it's it's it, it's just you know just dry washing away in Bergamo we in the local newspaper uh, it, it went viral I think we had the, the mid-February it was just one page of um, of small articles that communicate that somebody died you know, on the, on the newspaper on the daily newspaper in Italy we have this tradition that when you're grandfather dies or when your mother dies, you communicate it to the local newspaper and they put a very small article saying what happened, who died and where and at what time the funeral is going to be. This is an old thing that has been going on for ages in Italy. So it went from being from a one page to 10 pages and a half in the city of Bergamo, 
of big, big pages of the newspaper to the point that in Bergamo, they cannot um, burn the corpses anymore. So the army is taking the corpses of these people and bringing them to other crematories in other cities in order to be able to, 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 to cremate and burn the corpses. And uh, when you have a, a parent that, uh, that uh, is hit by coronavirus in Italy, you cannot go to the hospital with your dear one. You have to send him on his own with the ambulance and you're not getting any news from that person. If that person dies, you, you will not be allowed to see the corpse and uh, that person will be immediately uh, cremated and burnt and then you will receive the ashes in a box 20 days later. And we have queues of army um, uh, uh, trucks that are bringing the corpses out of the city of Bergamo to other cities to uh, make it possible for them to be cremated, you know. And even one, some are being brought even uh, like a, a couple of miles away from my house here in Milan. So it's a, it's a very, um, you know, bad thing because uh, it, it makes things so much worse, you know, and it, it, especially in a country like Italy, we are feeling it, you know, a lot. Yeah, yeah, Gabe, reaction from you, man? Uh, holy shit, it's super sobering. And, um, and uh, thank you, I just, your, your message, uh, Professor TC got to me from Professor Sheridan also, and that's why we decided to close down the school. So I just want to thank you for that also, that you, you uh, impacted, you know, the entire uh, culture over here, inclu including our yoga studio. So, so thank you for that. Um, just to, to, uh, to switch, if, if you don't mind, um, a lot of people were excited that you were coming on here. Uh, Professor, I told some people, and, and I told some people that were getting on with you today. So I have some questions. Um, uh, Jerry Aquino. Um, he says hello, by the way. He's now black belt. I don't know if he, he got his black belt from uh, Professor Sheridan about six months ago. But uh, his main question to you is like, how are you dealing with distress without the release of jujitsu on the mats right now? And what are you doing for your mental game to, to, to stay focused and, and to, uh, to deal with this impact of what's going on? Well, first of all, congratulations on the belt. And it's, it's sad, it, fortunately you got it before this all came about, you know, so that's, that's a good thing because it, it's, it, it will give you more confidence to face it. Um, well, um, I have been uh, on uh, dealing a lot with the, with the issue of mental health uh, over the past years. And the, it's something that I have been uh, trying to, to, to talk a lot about. And uh, I started a campaign called uh, Jiu-Jitsu for Mental Health a couple of years ago. And uh, I try to, to talk about mental health issues and how to cope with them and how to face them inside the Jiu-Jitsu community. And uh, so this is a question that, that I feel a lot because um, what is being seen here in Italy is that this, uh, um, this uh, uh, crisis actually is bringing forth a very, very big mental health crisis in the public. Because uh, uh, people today are not uh, um, used to be confined. You know, confinement is something that tends to force people in a place 
where they are not able to distract themselves from some of the issues that they might have in their daily lives psychologically. And so we are, we are seeing a lot of people having a hard time to stay home. We are seeing a lot of problems, domestic violence, and uh, you know, couples that are starting to argue a lot, and a lot of uh, nervousness arising. You know, so um, I believe that uh, um, as a martial artist, martial arts should be not only capable of teaching you how to protect yourself, and in a very efficient and uh, and uh, and uh, you know and economical way. Uh, but they should be teaching you uh, something else too. And uh, what, I, what I think is positive about this situation <coughs> is that it, it's bringing forth um, what uh, martial arts are really about at the end of the day. Because you, you can be a three-time world champion and still not have enough discipline uh, to be able to discipline yourself in a different context and situations such as the one we're living right now. So my advice is to, what I do is basically oblige myself to follow a routine. I try not to wake up. Um, I try to wake up always at the same time in the morning. I try not to go to sleep too late. I try to not skip meals to keep my 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 house and, uh, and in order. And uh, I try to give myself uh, some homework to do during the day. So I know I have to write at least uh, five pages of my new book I'm writing. And I'm trying to, to take some online classes uh, of anything from creative writing to, to anything that can help me eventually be better at what I do when I will be able to get out of my home. I try not to um, consume too much alcohol because that's really bad if you're confined in a place with some other people or even on your own. So I try to give myself some kind of discipline and just have my beer in the evening and that's basically it. And I try to distract myself looking at documentaries or things that can stimulate me mentally and try to do my 30 min 20 to 30 minute workout during the day and simply keep in touch with people that are positive, you know, and try to do something different. So I try to hook up with my, with my parents, with my, with my friends, and just, you know, feel the community around you. And that's very, very important. And if you can, you know, today it's full of apps and, uh, and um, online courses that can help you do breathing exercises and meditation exercises. If people have problems with anxiety or panic attacks or depression, it is high, very, very important to have somebody to talk to, you know, and, and just have your routine and try to stick to that as if it were a mantra every day. Go through the same things and just, you know, keep, keep your spirits high and be patient. You know, that's something that jujitsu is supposed to teach you, you know, be disciplined and be patient. And these are the two things that, that, that actually come to, to it's, it's a great way to, to practice them in these, in these moments, you know, be patient, be positive, don't lose your wits and try to give yourself a discipline. That's, that's everything, you know, and everything you do, especially in hard times. Guys, there's so much we're talking about right now and, and so much we're hitting on. And I just kind of want to, 
go back to some of the things we said so we don't miss this stuff. So the first thing I'm seeing is that people are coming to this at different times. Countries are coming to this at different times. Uh, and, and it, you know, people are coming to this at different times. And, and I'll give you an example. I talked to Arun, he was on with us last night. He was a doctor. Two days ago, I talked to him. I said, how's the hospital? He's like, well, pretty good. We're not bad. We talked to him last night. He's saying, we're concerned. He was we're running out of stuff. He was now, Federico, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and there was 200 deaths a day. Now there's 600 deaths a day. Um, all the stuff that you're telling me now is much different than what I heard two weeks ago and much more extreme. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not having Federico to scare people because this is different. What the stuff that you said that's going on is very different than here right now, as was what was going on here two weeks ago is very different than that's going on now. And I want to pe want people to realize that are listening it's a possibility that we are close to where you are in a few weeks and we are still locked down in our, in our houses and it has gotten worse. And I personally believe that it will get a lot worse here in the States before it gets better. And I think we need to prepare for that. I mean, some of the stuff you're telling me is when you go to the supermarket, they're checking your temperature. That's not happening here. Um, you need a document to walk on the street. That's not happening here. Um, you know, you can only go out to walk your dog a little bit close to your house. I mean, we're not there. We're, you know, people are kind of doing what they want here. I mean, we're saying, you know, stay in your house, but you know, there's still people that I've talked to just yesterday that said, Hey man, stop freaking out so much. This is just a flu, you know? And I want people to understand that this is not the case and to have a 50% death rate. I know we're not Italy. I understand that your population is much larger, but that's insane. That is crazy, the amount of people that are dying. And, and, and this is starting to happen here. You saw on the news last night, there's a truck, a, a, an 18-wheeler pulling up to a hospital in Queens because that's where they're putting the bodies. And this is wartime. And if it hasn't hit you yet, I'm not, I don't want to freak you out by listening to this podcast. But I, Fernando uh, Federico gave me a two week window into what can happen a couple weeks ago. And guess what? We are there right now. We are there where Federico was two weeks ago. And that's why I've been sounding the alarm and telling people, guys, do whatever you can to help us slow this. And it's not because you're young and this won't hit you that well. It, it may just hit you just like the flu, just like Federico's student. But guess what? You know, last night I'm watching the news and I see a nurse died, right? And I saw, oh man, that's tough. And I'm thinking he's probably an older nurse. Guess what year the nurse was born? They flashed it on the TV, 1971. My birthday is the next week. I was born in 1971. So, you know, I mean, you know, I, I had some guys still coming to my gym because they were in quarantine with the roommates and they would come and train or they picked one guy to train with. And my daughter got a fever last night. And I'm thinking they were playing, you know, my daughter came into one of my online classes and I'm thinking, shit, am I an idiot? Am I an idiot here have, having my daughter in, in a space where someone else was? Or I let her get some candy the other day at 7-Eleven. 
And I, I looked at her when she walked in, she grabbed the, the door and I'm thinking, oh, she grabbed the door. I got to get her to wash her hands. And then she had a fever last night. And I'm thinking, am I an asshole? Am I an idiot? Like, so you really have to right now watch everything and, and be careful because this is the time where you try to survive during this and you do not want to be sick during this. I, my story was I got back from Costa Rica, this whole thing hit. And guess what I got on Monday, but the couple hours before I talked to you, I had a fever, I had chills, I was coughing, I was sick, I went to the doctor. This is my first experience on how this was getting handled. This was two weeks ago now. And uh, before I really even knew what was going on with the virus, and I, they said, have you been, have you had a fever? Yeah, have you had chills? Yeah. Have you had um, a cough? Yeah. Have you been outside the country the last 14 days? Yes, I have. Have you been in a place where there was coronavirus? Yeah, they had a reported case the day I left in San Jose. I said, are you gonna test me? She said, oh no, no, we don't test you as, unless you're coming from Italy or China. And I thought, and then she went to berate me on, on how I was in the sun and how I needed, needed to use sun protection. And I thought, man, this is crazy. They did test me for, um, for strep and I had strep and it was a tough week for me. But in my mind, I'm thinking, did I have this thing? Did I have this thing? I don't believe I had it now because I had no breathing issues at all. And I had no, uh, but I stayed away from people. And I said to people around my office, I said, stay away from me because I'm sick. And they were like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I said, no, I'm serious. Like stay away from me. And, um, and I'm through it now, I'm better, but I don't believe I had the virus because none of my family got it. But um, this is what, this is my experience of not being able to get tested. I have another friend of mine, Dominic, couldn't get tested. He posted, there was 200 people that responded to him on Facebook telling him to get better. Well, I have a friend of mine that, that's a black belt that was a nurse and he, I, he, his place was testing and they got him tested and, and now he's, he's got the coronavirus, he's home. He's five days into it. Um, so I just, I want people to listen to what's going on in Italy because when you hear the news and you hear a number that says 2% or 1%, you're thinking, and this is what I hear from people here. Oh, well, you know, there's 350 million people in the United States. I mean, there's only 900,000 that have it or 90,000 that have it. But the reality is, is we don't know People weren't tested. No, there, there's way more than that. The, oh, yeah. The point is that the, 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 there's way more that are being tested. The second problem that, that are being affected by this without them basically knowing that. And uh, some don't have any symptoms. Some have minor symptoms. But the problem is that culturally, people are not used to face critical conditions. It's something we see on the news that happens elsewhere. Most of the time, okay, people are dying, but they're dying over there. I don't know, in that weird yeah. country that I don't remember the name. I wouldn't be able to put any kind of uh, my, my finger on a, on a map and say where that country exactly is in Africa or in the Middle East. It's happening over there. It's so bad. So thoughts and prayers, and that's basically it. But people that live in the Western world are usually able to see that in movies, and there's always somebody that shows up and that fixes everything and that, yeah, we did it once again. Thank you, Superman. Thank you, whoever it is, you know? So it's kind of weird because we are, in a way, the media has used 
you know, I mean, we, we, we had three, four books and movies come out talking about contagion and pandemics before this even started on, on Netflix or something. So people leave these things as if it was somebody else's problem, you know. It, it won't happen to me, you know. I'm used to crazy shit going around in the world, but it doesn't really affect me, so why should it affect me now? And the problem is that most young people, you know, especially in countries like ours where we have to work, like you cannot stop working because the credit card bill is going to show up, the mortgage is going to show up, you have to pay your ex-wife, you have to pay your kids, you have to pay this, you have to pay that. So sometimes the, nightmare, the, the, the economical nightmare is, um, is, it, is what is making people ignore the, the emergency. So, you know, virus is like jujitsu. You know, the virus, any virus is like jujitsu. It doesn't care where you're from, <laughs> what car you, you drive. It doesn't care how much money you make. It doesn't care if you're a lawyer or, or a guy that works in construction or, or a dropout. It doesn't care. You know, jujitsu works with everybody and has a potential on everybody. So, you know, the, 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 this, this, this virus is pretty much the same thing. So the jujitsu people, in a way, have, have developed, hopefully, some kind of sensitivity, you know, because they're saying like, okay, yeah, it, it happened there, but it doesn't really matter where you're from, where you live, you know. It, if you're a human being, you, you can grab it, you know. So this is, this is the main problem. And in some countries that are, are very, what makes me afraid is the fact that some governments are saying, yeah, it's, it's just going to be over, you know. I hope they're right. Well, well, let but, me ask you this. You know, let me ask you this. So are you seeing that our government is talking about opening things up at this moment right now? Like, what do you think of that? It's, it's hard to say because uh, um, I believe that the, this, the health emergency is, uh, is very real. But I believe that the economical and financial emergency is uh, going to be something that we will have to cope with with a longer time and that can eventually uh, produce a, a series of, uh, of disasters uh, in, in our societies that will be as much as, 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 as difficult to cope with as is the health issue right now. So I totally understand the, the, the fear of a very deep recession I think that it is going to happen because, to be honest with you, my country's economy is totally wrecked. You know, I, I, I have a, we, we, we are going to have a really, 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 really hard time after this is all over. But uh, in Italy, we have this thing that is like, uh, we don't care that, about that too much right now. We just want to have as few people and citizens dying as possible. We want to limit this, no matter what the cost is going to be economically. But that's a very Italian way of doing things, you know. This is our mentality, and, uh, and this is what we, Italian people tend to have this cultural sensitivity, you know. We don't want people to die. That's the first thing, no matter the cost economically. And, uh, but everybody knows we're going to have a hard time. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I will have a gym to go back to when this is going to, uh, to be over. But uh, I'd rather not have a gym to come back to and still be able to have dinner with my father that is 79 years old, you know. Who yeah. gives a shit? I mean, I can, 
eventually I'm going to make it. I always make it. It's, it's we're Italians, you know, we, we are this kind of country. We are not good at managing our country, but when it comes to sticking together for something, people end up doing that. And uh, eventually this will create a, a, a new form of economy, a new form of country. People today in Italy are started to do homeworking, which is something that wasn't wasn't was barely existing in our country we are doing homeschooling and uh, stuff that are the pollution levels are are really low especially in my city in milan it's like living in the mountains today so i think that in the near future things are going to certainly change but for countries like the us and um, it's going to be kind of harder because uh, your national system is uh, very much dependent from the private sector you know, from insurances and uh, being able to pay for your health insurance and have a private health insurance that will give you some kind of assistance. So this is really hard to cope with because being it uh, private, you need capitals, you need money to make it work. And uh, if people cannot afford that, if you don't have a state intervention for that, it's going to be hard to, to limit it. And, you know, politicians are in a bad spot right now because they have to decide whether to give a, a more importance to the health aspect of this of the whole thing or to the economic consequences of the whole thing yeah yeah um what do you say to um the people of new jersey new york or people that may be listening to this that are three weeks ahead of you what can they do to help slow this thing so I don't, I don't want to scare anybody because I don't think that well, you're, you already did that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, but I think no, it's helpful. I, I, my, my, my grandparents would did world war two and, uh, and they, they, I, you know, I, I was raised up with those stories and, and, uh, of having war in your home, you know, and, uh, and, uh, not, not abroad, but in your territory, in your city. And this yeah. is something that that you guys are not used to, you know. You always had, you know. Besides 9/11, the USA was always a safe place, and all of that crazy shit went on abroad, even with your own army. But it wasn't on your territory, yep. with the exception of 9/11. Yep. This is the big trauma for the US. This is yeah. the first time that your guy, you guys, are being basically invaded. You know, yeah. in a different a little way, bit in Pearl Harbor, but benefit. yeah, yeah, a little. Yeah, but it nine, was in Hawaii. You know, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It was not in Los Angeles. You're it right. was not in in Washington. Yeah. So now, nine eleven. You guys have, yeah. That that was basically the two major times when something went wrong in your country. So yep. the problem is that your 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 population is not used. To, to face this kind of adversity in, in its homeland. And uh, it's always something that happens far, far away, you know? And, um, and so your support, your internal support system has to be revolutionized for something that is starting to be abroad. What scares me is what's happening in New York State, because when I see the numbers of New, New York State, I, I see numbers that are very similar to the ones that uh, I have seen in Italy a few weeks back. And uh, because of the nature of New York City in particular, 
because of the fact that everybody is there is, is living at a short, short distance one from the other. Just think about the subway, just think about, you know, just walking around in the street or entering a Starbucks or doing anything like that. It's, it's really hard to keep safety distance over there. And I think that home confinement is very important to lower this, uh, this curve. You know, I see people walking around, training, doing videos, and they, I don't know if that's, that's the best way, you know, because, uh, and, and the production in, fa in factories, like we had to halt every kind of factory that was non-essential uh, to the country uh, one week ago, because we still had 300,000 people that every day went to work in their factory. And if these guys got infected, uh, they would bring it back home to their families, you know? So we'd had to stop this kind of production too. And uh, we had to stop the trains from people moving to one city to the other. We had to limit flights. So it's, it's kind of a situation that with time, when the numbers get higher, the people get scared a little bit more. And so they tend to retract a little bit more, you know, and try to stay more home, work a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully this is going to pay off because in order for you to be sick, it takes about for two weeks, two to three weeks to manifest the virus. You know, so in those two to three weeks, you don't really uh, feel anything bad, but you will, you are highly contagious, you know, so people say, oh, I'm okay. Oh, don't worry. It's okay. So I'm going to go to my friend because he's 25 and we won't have any problems, you know, because even if he has it or I have it, it's all good. We can train. But then what happens is that that person is going to go back to their family or they're going to the supermarket to buy something. And maybe there's an elderly lady that's buying groceries, you know, and that's, that's how it works. Yeah. So I, I think that the numbers I'm seeing in New York state are the most similar to the ones that I've been seeing um, around, maybe uh, to Italy, maybe because of the fact that it's very uh, constant population yeah and those numbers right now is primarily due to the fact that your communities are more expanded so you have more distance the capability of keeping your distance is greater and uh, my suggestion is is to don't panic try to to um, keep your your essential needs in place try to exit your house as less as possible and uh, if you have the possibility to do so just to set up something in your house, some kind of comfort zones, like a small place where you can possibly train and uh, with a few kettlebells, a few mats in your garage, uh, try to avoid going out every day and interacting <coughs> with people every day. And, and then just wait, you know, and, uh, and try to, to, to keep, uh, to keep uh, a watch on the, uh, the possibility of getting food and uh, essential uh, needs taken care of, you know, that's basically it. You know, there's not much we can do about it. Yeah. So guys, I'd like to go back to, um, we have a couple sayings in jujitsu that I've been, cause some mantras that come back to us that we, we, we talk about, I remain calm in tough situations. That's one of them that we talk about. That's really applicable here. Um, I'd also like to just bring back 
to what Federico said that has been working for him because it's similar to what we've been talking about is get on a schedule for yourself, waking up at the same time every morning. One thing I've done the last week that's helped me, I've woken up in the morning and you know, the first thing I do is, is, is just I get a little, a little uh, coconut oil and some, um, some mint and I have it and I put that on and then I do a couple breathing exercises. I make my bed really well. I take my time because I have more time now. And I just been going through kind of the same routine. Uh, I've been teaching a 12 o'clock online class. That's been really great. I've had the same like seven or eight people in that class. I've been teaching a kid's class at two o'clock. I've had the same kids in the class and I've been teaching a kid's class at three o'clock. And that actually has been keeping me sane. And I think the kids too, we've been having fun with it. So keep your routines. And the way I see it, this is getting worse before it gets better. And I know that it's tough to probably hear some of this stuff, but I thought it was really important that we brought Federico on. So he could, one, you could hear what Italy's going through, but also understand maybe all these same things aren't going to happen to us. Maybe it won't be as bad, but I think we need to plan for that and we need to watch out for ourselves during this. So whoever I can reach to get this message, to have them understand what Federico's going and what Italy's going through, I want you guys to understand that this is a possibility for, for us. And this probably will only reach my jujitsu community and a couple other people out. But if you're listening to this, Take care of yourself. Um, another saying we talk about is I take care of myself because the world needs me at my best. So yeah, you need to take care of yourself. You need to make sure that when you're going into some place that you're protected and you're, you're just going out when you have to. Um, and uh, you know, what I think this is going to do for me, it's going to have me really look at what the hell I'm doing and even bring it up that much higher to a more strict level because I want to make sure that I am healthy. I don't want to be sick again. I was sick last week and that sucked. And I want to be there so I can help. I want to be there. So for my family, I want to be there for my friends, for my community. So, um, you know, we have a meditation class going on uh, this Saturday at four. I don't know if this is going to get out by then, but every Saturday at four o'clock, meditation class every Sunday. And if you want to join TC, go on our schedule. Um, there's uh, all sorts of classes. They're open. Um, all, all our members and also anyone who's listening to this is welcome to come. Um, uh, four o'clock meditation on Saturdays with Diane Rose, four o'clock yin class on Sunday. Um, one of my wife's teachers, great girl, Kara, um, and then 8 a.m. yoga every day. I sent TC the list to share with people in Italy. Um, she had some people come on. Um, she's been having a lot of people come on to her yoga class lately and people from around the world. And um, Gabe's got uh, a ton of yoga classes being offered. We have 7 p.m. jujitsu every night, 12 o'clock jujitsu, and 6 a.m. jujitsu. So get on a schedule. And one of the things that Federico said was been working for him also is talking to people, getting online with people and connecting just like we are here today. Um, Gabe, uh, anything from you, my friend? Yeah. Um, do we, it's, it's almost time. So is it cool if we go over a little bit? Uh, you all right with that professor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah? sure. Yeah. Professor TC, you have time? 
Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a couple questions. Uh, I'm also doing on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. I'm doing a visualization meditation also, and um, I've, I've been fasting on Sundays just to, to be present for this whole thing if anyone wants to join me in that. Um, the, it'll be on the website. Um, I think one thing that's really important to remember here is, is, is like discipline and respecting this. It goes back to our core values of respect. I spoke to my family today, my aunt, my uncle, older, 70s. And I, yeah, are you quarantining? Yeah, we're quarantining. You know, what have you been doing? Yeah. Well, he just went to the store yesterday to get a cell phone case. Like that, you don't need a cell phone case right now, in my opinion. And, you know, everyone's coming around this at their own time, like we've been saying. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm dieting, but I just had a little bit of sugar. It's like quarantine is like only the essentials right now to be in service to stop this from spreading is, um, is, is, is my, my two cents in that. But this is, this is the interesting part, you know, because uh, there, is a, there is a saying that says that the, the antidote is always to be found in the venom. You know, that's, that's the idea. So w the interesting thing about quarantine is that it kind of shows us the limits of uh, our society, you know, about the fact that people have a hard time staying on their own. They are, they are having a hard time finding in themselves something that can give them um, some rules. You know, this is not something that we are very accustomed to we like to have things fast if we want something we want to get out of it fast so we check it out on google and in five seconds we get to the information we need and if we everything is so fast everything is so quick we have been become black belts in the art of distracting ourselves so the 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 um, the, the thing is that when you're isolated in your own home and you don't have that kind of uh, possibility, you all of a sudden have to face yourself because that's the only person you're actually seeing all day. So it, it, I think that this quarantine is very important because it gives you a, a great um, limitation, obviously, on what you can do and who you can relate to and see. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity to, to, um, to be with yourself, to do some introspection, to make a balance of who you are and, and just to be sitting in a room in silence, closing your eyes without doing any particular meditation or breathing technique, but just sitting in silence with your eyes closed is something unbearable with 90% of the people I know. So this gives you a great deal of, uh, of uh, food for thought because uh, that, that is something that uh, uh, that makes us think about, you know, most of the people I know in my academy are always complaining that they do not have time. Oh, I wish I could stay home with my kids more. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could do some yoga. I wish I could be better at my flexibility. I wish I could read a book. You know, since I've been working, I can't read books anymore. I mean, I'm stuck in traffic all day. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. But now, that everybody has time to do these things, to sit back and read a book, to sit back and spend some time with your kids, to sit back and work on those tight hamstrings. Nobody's doing that. Everybody's like, ah, I have to stay home. I want to go back to my job. I want to go back to traffic. I want yeah. to go back to this, to that. Yeah. So that's, that, that's something that should make us in a way 
think about ourselves, you know, as, as, uh, as, as individuals and as a community. And that's very important because obviously you need to get some routine, but look at the, um, the real richness we have today in the, the, the real richness in Western society today is, is, is not only money. Obviously, if you have money, you have more potential to do things, but, uh, but uh, the real richness is in time. You know, that the amount of time you can dedicate to yourself and to your dear ones, you know. So now, for example, I, I said, okay, I like challenges. You know, I've been a guy that has always had something to challenge himself with. So I was always like, okay, I, everybody's telling me I should write a book, you know, something that talks about my story and, and the lessons I learned from jujitsu over time. And... And when I actually sat down in my home in the first day of quarantine and said, okay, I'm going to write it down, after 10 minutes, I had to stand back up. You know, I wasn't able to stay there because yeah. my mind was going at the Instagram account, because I wanted to talk, I wanted to eat, not because I was hungry, but because I was bored. And so the first two or three days were really hard because it, it was like being confined in prison, you know? But then I said, okay, so I've been doing this thing for, for like 23 years. What did it teach me? You know, so at the end, it was like, okay, let's, let's, let's start putting some order in this and let's try to make something good come out of it. And so, you know, you start your, your yoga class, you, you start your, you, I, I started looking at a lot of TED talks and took some master classes online and started uh, reading something about creative writing. And uh, I started to do, you know, different things. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I, I, these are the moments in which I don't think about what is going on. You know, that's, that's the good thing, you know. I'm actually learning. And when I'm doing that, I'm focusing on something that is good for me. And that is taking away my, my energy and my attention. Because if you don't do that, Part 80% of your brain is going to be constantly in alarm mode, in disaster mode. And if you're not able to take away your nervous system from this alarm mode, your body is going to produce a load of adrenaline, a load of cortisol. It's going to take your immune system down. This will eventually hit your, your mental health, bring your serotonin levels down, and you will start feeling depressed, you will start feeling anxious, you will start to be unable to cope with your kids screaming in the, in the corridor, or with your wife that is having a bad argument with somebody on the phone, and so you're going to start being stressed. So I think that the, 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 the yeah, we have to develop routines, but everybody has to find one that, that is uh, um, basically oriented on the results. You have to be calm. You have to feel calmer. That's the first thing. You have to feel better. You have to feel less stress. You know, that's the, and, and everything comes from inside, you know. This is the funny part of this thing, that we are so focused on the outside, and now... This, you know, Mother Nature sent us back to our rooms and said, okay, now you stay in your room and you think about what you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen. And if you think about yeah. it, 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 yeah, it makes yeah. sense, you know. So yeah, now we're all in our rooms like kids 
and you say, why am I feeling like this? What did I do wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and hopefully, uh, the people, I don't believe in, in, I think that, you know, in Italy we say that you're if you're born square, you're not going to die as a circle, you know? But still, there is some space for improvement. So if somebody has this kind of approach to what we're living, it might be some a life-changing experience for the better, or it can destroy you. You know, it can destroy you, your family, your marriage. Yeah. Depends. You know, yeah. it's a matter of attitude. Yeah. So this is a time where we get to be patient and uh, look inward. And like when I do yoga, sometimes, you know, you get into a yoga posture and you're like, you know, before you go to class, you're like, oh man, I can't wait to get to yoga and relax. I'll just be on my mat. And then you put you in the first posture, you get in the posture, you're like, oh, when's this posture going to end? When's this posture going to yeah. end? And you get out of the posture and you're like, okay, I'm out. All right. When's the next posture going to start? You know? And, um, you know, one of the things that Gabe has at, at his studio is a float tank. Uh, have you ever been in a float tank? No, no, All right. no, no. So what a float tank. Uh, uh, some people told me it's a, it's an impressive experience with the sensorial deprivation. Yeah. So no sound, uh, no, you know, it's dark. It's in a small, you, you probably explain exactly what it is much better than I can. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, we built a full room and it's uh, 2000 pounds of pharmaceutical grade Epsom salt and you lay in it, it's about 12 inches of water and it's you just no, no sensory overload. So you basically just forced to focus within. And um, what I think is just to unpack what you said a little bit more, Professor TC is about my experience is that it's not so much about not having the time because when you sit down to write your book or I sit down to write music or do something and then we immediately get distracted, it was never about the external circumstances. It was always about what was going on inside that we're then creating to distract us from these goals we say we want to do. Yeah, like, so I was in Gabe's float tank. Yeah, of course, it's, it's always. Sorry, go ahead. What was the experience like? Well, the first 20 minutes, your, your mind's going and you're just going, am I, when am I going to get out of here? This is, this is, you know, what, what do I got to do? You know, your mind's just thinking about the next thing you have to do or the next thing you, you, you forgot to do or this or that your mind's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then, then you start to get into, all right, when's this going to be over? When's this going to be over? Am I, you know, at what time is it? Is it, and then, and then your mind starts to actually calm a little bit. And then again, you start to go through your list and then you calm a little bit and then go through your list. But when you're forced, you're in there and it's 90 minutes. So what happens is at some point you surrender and you get into this just kind of calm zone where you're accepting you're going to be here and you're going to make the most of it and you start to enjoy it. And it's probably about two minutes before the 90 minutes that this happens for me. And I get two minutes of full enjoyment. And then I say, man, um, you know, if I was able to practice this, I may be able to just be, I may be able to just be in the moment a lot more. So yeah, I think when we're going through this, you know, asking yourself, how can you work on yourself during this? You know, so just to keep your sanity, um, 
but I do think we should wrap it up because I, you know, I'm okay. committed to the audience to give us just an hour and we're about seven minutes over can, that. Can I get one, one more question in that I really want yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I had it written down. So you, you answered my second question already, Professor Kesey, on what your book was about. So thank you for that. And then the, the last one, the last one that I, I picked up, you, you kind of went over the Netflix thing about seeing the, the social programming and desensitization uh, to, to what's, what's been going on um, so that we're kind of used to it. Do you think, and I'm hypothesizing here, um, have you ever given any thought that maybe the quote unquote savior that you discussed is a corporation with a vaccine? You know, it's a uh, one. Now, I don't want to seem uh, uh, a little bit harsh, but uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think that uh, uh, first of all, in order to pronounce myself uh, I always think am I did I study this issue am I competent enough to yeah. to um, to speak about something and unfortunately I am not a virologist so I don't have the skills to uh, to have um, a an opinion that might be uh, credible or useful so I I simply do not know because I don't have the, the, the skills to understand that. The other thing that brings me to mind uh, what you're talking about is that if you think about it, we are having a major problem in Italy with, uh, um, with uh, uh, news coming from social media. Mm -hmm. Everybody is on Facebook or, or Instagram or both. And especially on Facebook, people keep sharing these articles without sh checking the sources and sometimes this happens even on a national level think about what president trump did by saying that the, the remedy against malaria was actually good for uh, getting off of this you know and two people died in arizona on texas because they actually took that remedy and were intoxicated so the problem is uh, at present date is that uh, um, don't check the sources of what is being told, like uh, um, university, college source, scientific scientific sources. And these are the ones that I check out the most and I try not to take to, you know, we, we've been through this thing about people drinking all sorts of alcohol because they thought that alcohol would kill the disease in their throats. And, and you know, it, it's just not like that, not like they did it, you know. So the problem is the fake news. And, the, and the, another thing is that nowadays, because of the internet, the media, our democratic system is very much in peril. Because if you think about it, um, my opinion as a virologist, in a democratic system, in a voting democratic voting system, is this has the same weight of a million people that know nothing about that, but they believe at what they see on social media. So what you're seeing happen is that the masses that are uneducated because of social media manipulation are actually putting pressure on those few individuals that have are competent enough to, to deal with this, you know? So it's, it's, it's very dangerous because whoever is capable of manipulating 
um, mass information and in influencing the masses that are not educated mm -hmm. in this kind of skill are actually going to be able to manipulate public opinion in any direction they will want to 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 send it you know so you know it's hard to say because we are not virologists you know yeah. we are not people that spend our time uh, studying molecules and viruses and and these kind of things so the amount of information we get in a in a in a stressful condition like the one we're living is going to hit us really hard and is going to generate very 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 strong reactions so especially in countries like the us where you have a very um where people panic a lot because they are not used to feeling themselves menaced in their homeland you have to be very careful because you will have a lot of people running to gun stores you will have a lot of people going to the supermarket and buying everything they can and then locking themselves up with guns and food in their cellars you know mm -hmm. so that's something kind of strange you know and uh, i i to be honest with you i wouldn't want to be in the us right now because uh, it's weird you know what is happening just thinking about new york city that is a hard hard city to live in and all of those people packed together striving to make a living you know and maybe they don't <coughs> check man if you if you take only the waiters people that work and live off their salary as waiters are living off tips and now yeah. they won't yeah. be able to work anymore yeah how are they gonna get their food yeah so it's that that's the point you know it's 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 kind of scary and i think that the government in the us has to understand that millions of american citizens are not able to cope financially with this situation and in a country where there is a very um, casual uh, gun and firearm policy that can be scary you know especially if you live in certain cities or certain neighborhoods so my idea yeah is that it's very we have to be very careful at the way we listen to the media and we have to be selective and we have to um, try to keep in a way our wits and stay calm and just simply you know try to develop community because it, these things happen when people feel not cared about you know mm. if nobody helps you you will have to find some food if nobody is seeking out to know how you are you're going to feel alone and when somebody feels alone he can be dangerous you know so the community is very very important this is why i'm saying do not feel isolated you know That's yeah reach important. out reach out guys guys we got to shut it down just because we're at over the time limit here yeah. but i just want to close out by saying thank you federico so much for taking the time to talk and uh it's great oh, to see you. you it's been a pleasure yeah and um let's close it out with gratefulness uh what are we grateful for right now of we'll course. start with you federico what are you grateful man for? i'm grateful to be in good health and uh, to have so many people around me that uh, are actually sticking together and uh, and making the situation way less dramatic than what it actually is and uh, and helping me keep uh, um, a healthy and human approach to what is actually happening over here, you know, and you are a part of that too. So I'm the one that says that thanks you guys, you know. Thank nice. you, man. Gabe? Yeah, I'm thankful for connection, uh, to not feeling isolated and to be able to have this opportunity to connect and not feel alone and to share perspectives like this. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, uh, grateful uh, to talk to you guys today and um, 
and for some of the insights that you gave Federico on, um, on how to stay sane during this and just a little bit of, of maybe a look into our future so we can be a little bit more careful. So thank you so much for, for, um, for talking to us today. And I'm grateful to, to connect with you again, my man. It's really good to see you. And uh, I'm great, great, great to spend some time with you. And thank you, Gabe, for putting this together. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. All right. Maybe we can talk with Professor again in another couple of weeks or something, huh? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Right. My pleasure. Ciao, Gabe. I got to run. I got to so call. Much. See you, bud. Thanks, guys, peace. We'll talk. Take care. Bye bye.